welcome to the 30-Minute Week Podcast on WFUVsports.org. Yes, and welcome everybody on Facebook Live and listening to the podcast. This is the 30-Minute Week Podcast. As always, every Tuesday, I am your host, Reed Horner. So happy to be here, and I am joined by the ever-so-talented Mr. Many a day, eh? What's going on, guys? How we all doing today, Reed? A lot of stuff to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. I'm actually very excited for the show, man. You you were pumped. You came in here I a little am, bit man. more energetic you know, than me. You, know, you got to embrace the grind. It's been a, it's been a... Well, my summer vacation was, what, about five days, you know? Graduation. And you remember, like, four days of it? I remember Three pretty, days of it? Nah, there's not much to remember. So, yeah, I remember all of it. Okay. But it's, it's time to grind again, man. I'm hype. I'm excited to be here today and excited to talk to our fans on live. So let's, Yeah, let's so this. I mentioned... We're on Facebook Live again. We had a great uh, reception last week, so we're going to do it again. Yep. Um, we're going to get into a lot of stuff. Tiger Woods, NBA Finals. We're going to get into the MLB and fighting, That's Stanley right. Cup, try to get um, OBJ, yeah, his a OTAs. There's a, a lot going on in the sports right now. And for all of you guys listening, uh, you just type your questions in the comments. Um, you guys can also email them at 30minuteweekgmail.com. Right. Just type them in now. And we'll save them, and we'll see if we can get enough, and we'll answer them at the end of our listener questions at the end of the show, okay? Yep. Uh, but let's just get right into it. So, Tiger Woods yesterday, Memorial Day weekend, was arrested, arrested, arrested <laughs> for DUI in Florida. You saw the mugshot. I saw the, it's a terrible mugshot, actually. It's, uh, it's, it's very overwhelming to see Tiger Woods' mugshot, you know? But, like we said, Tiger Woods, one, one of the greatest golfers of all time. Ever since, you know, his little scandal, his life has been going downhill, Reed. I don't know what to say, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I it's, – it's a real – I would say it's a tragic story. Yeah. Because when the scandal happened, I, I don't support that kind of behavior. But I also kind of think that his personal life should have been separated more from golf. I think yeah. Tiger Woods has done so much for the sport of golf, so much for – athletes in general right exactly. it's like being a someone who's it's not like, white because, playing a yeah, white sport when, quite frankly and dominating at it before, for one before the scandal when you talked about tiger woods he was in that Derek jeter conversation the muhammad ali the jordan like the man could do no wrong the yeah. man transcended the sport of golf that that being said though this situation is not the same to me so those of you guys that may not be up to speed with everything Tiger Woods, basically on Memorial Day, 3 o'clock in the morning, was arrested uh, for DUI. He claims that no alcohol was involved, and well, this is key. Well, actually, the story came out this morning that uh, the breathalyzer, he came out to 0.00 yeah. alcohol intake. However, he said he was on medication. This means the thing. DUI, I know it's actually defined differently in different states, but the way I define things is there's DUI and there's DWI. Yeah, if it was DWI, driving while intoxicated, of course he was not intoxicated. But he was still under the influence. He was taking prescribed medication. Uh, it came out that Vicodin was one of the medications. And that, as we all know, it isn't an opioid. If you take it, you know, in, um, <clears throat> if you take it in accession, you obviously won't be the same person you are. You're obviously not supposed to be driving around under certain medications like that. And... These stories we want to be careful with because we don't know all the details yet, but True. you're right. One of the medicines was actually Vicodin. Yes. An opioid. An opioid. Big problem in our country with opioid addiction and everything. So my heart hurts for him if he's suffering from something like that. But the fact is, he wasn't of the right mind, and I'm condemning him 
for getting behind the wheel when he was he, they found him asleep behind the wheel at and 3 a.m in the morning and, I, and i'll admit i like i'm sensitive because i've lost someone in my family uh to a drunk driver was killed by a drunk driver way too young um so this topic tends to kind of hit me a little bit more at home yeah. and so i just can't give him a pass for even if he has an addiction i which which i, he, I really want him to get help for but when you get behind the wheel of a car, a car is it, it's a weapon. Yeah, you don't you don't um, do stuff like that. It, it's not necessarily a criminal act with malintent, but I look at it as a criminal act nevertheless. And I, I'm never gonna look at Tiger Woods different uh, the same. Like, like I'm gonna look at him worse from this action than what happened uh, with the affairs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know the affairs. You know they speak to him as you know as a man who he is. You know to cheat on his wife, of course. But then when you put other people's lives in danger you know there's is obviously something else that you gotta deal with you know it's it's different in the sense that you can't obviously to be driving around 3 a.m in the morning dealing with certain things like this it's ridiculous you're in jupiter florida there's different parts of florida where things go down there's nothing going down in that area of florida at this time of night so it's, it's ridiculous we got that said Get that tiger off, woods off, off the chest so now we, I, I want to turn towards the question of, do you guys think, and answer that too, do you think, Manny, that he's going to be remembered more for his fall from grace than his amazing rise to glory? Uh, you know what? <clears throat> well, that's, that's actually a tough question. Because, um, I mean, let me just give you an idea about how good he was. We all know how transcendent no, an athlete great, he was. Man. But I'm looking at some of the records he had. It was from 1997 through 2008. Woods was uh, combined to 126 under par in majors. There are 138 other players who played at least 40 rounds in major championships during that span. Among the group, Woods was 189 shots better than anyone else. That is ridiculous. That's crazy. Woods also had 142 consecutive PGA Tour events without missing a cut. Consistency was his middle name at one point. Obviously not now. It's 29 more than the second longest streak in the tour's history, and he has 14 major championships, obviously four less than Jack Nicholas. This guy's an all-time great, he's, and he he's, may he's, not be remembered for that, and that is a tragedy in and of itself, I think. I think it's all about the time of events that makes it sad because his sex scandal came out in 2009. From that point on, he won one uh, major, and he has one win on, on, the, on the tour. So... Obviously, we Tiger Woods is not the person who we thought he was, but then from just it's been downhill from there, from the scandal to injuries and now the DUI. It's just it's it's terrible, you know. Uh, for me, I can remember how Tiger was back in the day, even though I was young. I, I've seen the highlights. You know, the fist pump still stands. You know, he lost all the endorsements. He was that transcendent guy, but these these things they they hit his life kind of hard. Is Tiger Woods the greatest golfer to you? Is he the greatest yeah. golfer? I mean, the he's, greatest golfer ever. He's top, no wiggle room. He's top three. I mean, I, I said no wiggle room. Manny, is he the greatest golfer ever? No, Jack. I mean, why not? Because well, he has he has what fourteen major titles. So it's only about the major. It's not about titles, but but you know, titles do it. He transcends the sport, but then there's something about who you are off off the field, off the court, off off the diamond. Like who? It's something about who you are outside of what you do that kind of brings you to that top level and because of everything that's come out of Tiger now he is not there straight up he's the greatest golfer in my mind by far number two you're wrong the reason I said this is to hear me out maybe I'll change your mind is that 
when I give that type of label to someone as greatest ever, whether it's in sports or anything other, you, I want to also look at the context in which they perform, not just the straight numbers. So you go at Jack Nicholas, 18 majors, Tiger 14, four, 18 is four more than 14. You're right. That seems mathematically Obviously. better. Yes. But I look at Tiger Woods as a he's a half, he's half Chinese, half um, African-American guy who came yeah. into an all-white sport, had the pressure on him just like a LeBron James from a young age to perform exceeded those expectations somehow and consistently delivered throughout a career in which people constantly wanted him to fail, pressure was constantly mounted on him in a way that Jack Nicklaus or no other golfer had before him. But he has failed since 2009. Yes, but the numbers, but, but the numbers, the span he had before that period no, granted, was, but, but was yeah, all-time great. Yeah, but I told you, it's not just about, it's not only about what you do uh, in your sport. When you're seen as that top athlete, it's about what you do, one, for the community, giving back, to the image that you keep. Think about why we have Derek Jeter <clears throat> pretty much in the class of his own. The man is is his his slate is so clean. You know, there's nothing wrong you can say about Derek Jeter. He's all, I, that's all. Could I could I get you to say at least that Tiger Woods is the most skilled golfer of all? Yeah, time? Yeah, of course. All right, I'll Definitely. take that. Moral victory. All right. Speaking of greatest golfer of all time, I we talked about this in the pre-show meeting. I you love this one. I thought I it was do. a little fun I question. Really do. And it's also one I would love for all of you guys out there to uh, let us know off the top of your head. But yeah. we're talking about greatest goal forever. Then I started to think, you know what? Who are the greatest athletes of the 2000 era? Mount I Rushmore. I want you to go first. So I want you to give me your Mount Rushmore and all you guys out there. You four. You can only choose four of the best athletes from the year 2000 to the present. Not ever. Year 2000 to the present. Okay. Again, it's Jordan 96-97. I must remind everybody his prime was not... 2000 <laughs> to now. Facts. Okay. Regardless, I have LeBron James. Okay. On my Mount Rushmore. Okay. Greatest basketball player in the NBA by far since the year 2000. Kobe, Shaq, you could make that argument, but I think LeBron James exceeds all of them. I'm putting him up there. I'm putting Tiger up there. Because, okay. again, for what I said earlier, he <laughs> affected a sport so much. He got people that weren't into golf into golf. Granted, 100%. I'm putting him on that for just not only the numbers he put up, but what he was able to accomplish in, I think, an amazing manner. Tom Brady is going up there. Greatest quarterback of all time in the NFL. I think that's the easiest one out of all four I have. I mean, his prime was obviously in 2000s. Won three Super Bowls nah, early, too late. Prime. And then I have Serena Williams. Serena Williams, greatest female tennis player of all time, uh, the most consistent and dominant female athlete I think I've ever seen play. You know, I mean, there's players like Ronda Rousey or whatever who've had flashes of dominance in their sports. Yeah. But Serena Williams was and is. She was different. An she amazing, was different. She was amazing athlete. Different. And you're laughing. I'm laughing. Is this? I hope it's not because we have the same people. I'm laughing because before the show, I said we will have at, min at maximum two people the same. <clears throat> I said one person on my list will throw you off. but uh, So you had LeBron James. Interesting. I'm an avid LeBron fan. He's not on my list. Yes, Tom Brady's on my list. Obviously the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. So it's ridiculous for people to think otherwise. Um, I have Michael Phelps on my list, man. That's a good one. I was just gonna say, Yo, listen, the guy John Furlong in the which call in the, in the comments. He, he there you go. You got he, he had Phelps, Phelps too, too and that's a good one. Representing representing the Olympics, six sixteen Olympic golds, twenty seven World Championships, and an eleven 
uh, Pan uh, Pacific Championships. Sorry, uh, yeah, sixteen just Olympic medals. So that's ridiculous. I'm not. He I'm started. Not, yeah, I'm not no, gonna begrudge no, I mean, you for that. I mean, these these are great players. I'm arguing. He started in, in actually 2000. Uh, so I also have Roger Federer, man. I'm a big tennis fan. What? Roger Federer is the. You think Roger Federer is better for Federer, ta- um talkie whatever? You make me, me have an aneurysm. Of the 2000s? Better for tennis in the 2000s than Serena Williams? Serena Williams is by far the most dominant female athlete. Never mind tennis I'm player. You. I'm hearing you. He Are got you? he had 15 Grand Slams, man, in the 2000s. But my last person, my last person who I throw will throw you off is Serena Williams. And I thought I thought I would go all Wait, the way left. So so in I the have, year no 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 I have Federer I have Federer Brady Serena and Phelps. In the two thousands, you have four of the top the two two of the four top yes, athletes tennis the, players are tennis players. Did you watch them play in the two thousands? They're tennis players. They were they were sensational. They weren't just tennis players. They they okay. they they, they were, these are world renowned athletes. But honestly though, Serena Williams. She, I thought that would throw you off. I didn't see you throwing Serena in there, but I threw Serena in there. She's the best. It's moments like this where I have to go back to my civics class and reiterate the freedom of speech and the idea that you are entitled to your opinion. Granted, you're entitled to your opinion. No at matter the same time. how idiotic. I think my Matt Rushmore is extremely better. Okay, it's obviously not. <laughs> Something else we can agree on, at least though. Yeah. Is that. Not only is this year's NBA Finals the most predictable maybe oh in history, it is set up, I would argue, to be to quite. Mm, I'll say to be, it could end up being the best finals in history. It could, or we can see what we don't want to see. What don't we want to see? We don't want to see a quick series, four or five games. Not going to happen. And we'll have plenty of time to preview that, right, in the coming weeks for sure. I want to just touch into, though, about how these teams got here and what we think they're going to do in the finals from their body of work in the postseason so far. I mean, it's obvious, you know, these are two of the top teams in the league. We all, when the finals ended last year, everyone said, okay, it's going to be Golden State and the Cavs once again. And they both cakewalked through the playoffs. <laughs> the Warriors went 12-0, and the Cavs went 12-1 and through the playoffs it's it's ridiculous you know i'm happy we got to see the match that we all want to see and hopefully it can deliver to what we want say uh game seven maybe hopefully uh that should happen that should be the way it goes yes and no i just i think if you're a Cavs fan you don't want to go game seven because okay. i just don't know if they can win golden state again they've done it once though so they have lebron james this is true um 12 and 0 is a sexy number not very impressive to me. I would argue that the Cavs' run through the Eastern Conference was actually harder than the Golden State Warriors' run, even though the which is becoming more and more a myth. I think About that the, the Western West. Conference being so strong yeah, in the Eastern I, Conference I agree is with, not. I agree with that. I mean, the Golden State had to go through Portland, who has Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, dynamic guards, but they eat up the shot clock. They're not necessarily the most efficient. A team like the Warriors can pick them apart. Then they go against Utah, who, missing, who again... Missing their, their uh, defensive star, yeah, Gobert. Gobert, not only that, even if Gobert was healthy, they would have had a hard time dealing with just the firepower Golden State has. Yeah. Um, I thought they would match up better than they did, but once Gobert went down, they, they lost any kind of advantage they had down low for size, and they weren't tested at all. I don't know, what's Gordon Hayward going to do? I mean, Honestly, he's a no, good no, player. No, true. Maybe a good future Celtic, but no. And then they go to the Western Conference Finals, and... They play the Spurs, who then lose Kawhi Leonard. Well, what? And we, I, I'm not. They were, gonna, they were handed pretty much an, an easy conference final. And I just gotta just for 
consistency's sake, we did say also though that the Spurs were like had a really good winning record without Kawhi Leonard. So I'm not gonna say that Kawhi Leonard they would have won with him. But I'm saying if they had Kawhi Leonard, oh, yeah, a, a he could have at least tested individual players more, and we could have seen how they perform, especially like Kevin Durant under pressure. The Warriors cakewalked to this. You go to the Cavs. The Cavs went through the Indiana Pacers. Paul George, the cover of NBA 2K, while he hasn't delivered exactly the way he wanted, they were a good physical team. Goes to the Raptors, probably the easiest series. Again, I don't like the Raptors in the playoffs. And the Celtics, that was a great series. It's a good game, yeah. I mean, the Celtics obviously changed as a team once Isaiah got down. Uh, they found out they're a better team without Isaiah, you know? They you think can, so they still? They can pass more, they can come more. Trust me, I think they're a way better team without Isaiah. But I will leave that to a different show, a different day. But no, I agree with you. I mean, I feel like, obviously, I'm an avid LeBron fan. Avid LeBron fan. I do believe that they will win this series. When you have the best player in the world who has dominated the finals in the last two years, you know, a lot of people don't talk about this. But, yes, he led the, in every category last year's finals. Oh, but he did the finals before that. They just lost. Yes, he should have been MVP. You know, it's ridiculous that a man this great can be considered an underdog. But I know this is about LeBron James. I know he's going to do what he has to do, and they will come out and win this series. Six games, too. Would you say that that three-point shooting needs to be Golden State's main weapon to win this series? Uh, no. Honestly, I mean, but let's three-point shooting is who they are. It's who they've been, you know, since even before KD, even before their first ring. They've been, when it was just the Splash Brothers, that's what they do. They shoot threes. Uh, they've Steph Curry and Klay Thompson have broken three-point records. Is is what the NBA is now. Honestly, for them, is is just to play their game. What what would you do if I told you that the Warriors, when they match up against the Cavs, are actually the worst three-point shooting team, I mean, or the, the 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 not worst, but they're, they're not as good as the Cavs. In May, actually, they're thirty-eight point two percent from behind the arc, while the Cavs are forty-four point nine percent. Obviously, that makes me happy as a LeBron James fan. But it kind of changes your whole perception about the Golden State Warriors and how they're going to win as well as the Cavs and how they could possibly win. I looked at it, and I look at steals. Okay. At least for the Cavs. If you want the Cavs to win, you need to hope that they can get consistency on defense and they get steals. You look at all the—go back to the stats in all their games, guys. The games they lose are the ones they have an abnormally low amount of steals. A game against Boston, the lowest amount of steals they had in the playoffs because— LeBron James himself, my, his Miami teams are like this too, is the Cavs, they're really, really good with Kyrie Irving in the open floor, Kevin Love stretching it on the fast break, LeBron obviously turning defense into offense. And when they don't get those steals, when they don't get those turnovers, that is when they have to go more into a half-court offense, and I think they actually struggled. That's where Golden State could beat them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like uh, Golden State, they're the better defensive team. Obviously, they're really good, but <clears throat> the Cavs can slow the pace down. They get the steals. They have a good shot. Six we'll games? See. Six games? You agree with that? I need some more time. Okay. All right. All right. We, I'll, we, we got, we, I'll give you the, time. The, the finals aren't until June 1st. I'm, uh, I guess I'd be a cop-out, though, because our next— I'll go with seven games. Cavs and seven. Thank you. I like it. Cavs and seven. All right. Next one. We're going to switch over to baseball, America's pastime. <laughs> um, kind of mimicked recently another one of an old, famous American sport of boxing. Yeah. Bryce Harper. Gets ejected um, with Hunter Strickland, their pitcher for the Giants. They get into a fist fight. I don't know. I I, I just can't stand the baseball anymore. Like, I think I think Bryce Harper stared at him the wrong way, and Strickland <laughs> had his feelings hurt. No, honestly, I don't. <laughs> it was. I mean, if you want to wrap up in a nutshell, that's what it is. Let's be honest. Baseball players are not the toughest athletes in the world, you know. But 
These two players have history. <laughs> I guess they have history. Do you just come at baseball players like that? I, I got a lot of friends who play in the baseball. I mean, I'm just saying baseball is different from hockey. <laughs> Wait, did you just pull the I got baseball I do, friends? I did. I got friends on baseball team real close. I mean, hey, listen. Not for much longer. <laughs> baseball, baseball is not football. It's not hockey. It's not boxing. It's not the most physical sport, you know? But don't you think it's odd in a sport that I think is so, um, not stuck, but very, prides itself on the tradition and doing things the right way and, and all that kind of stuff to then have this type of problem of, of bench clearing and having no. people throw pitches at each other and stuff I think, like that? I think that is the problem. Baseball, for some reason, is, is too buttoned up. It's too shirt and tie for me, you know? It's too like, oh, you have to do this a certain way. You can't celebrate a home run. Uh, Batista threw his threw his bat last year, and that was seen as a problem. Like, oh, big dude, oh, you don't do that. There's so much emotion, so much adrenaline, testosterone, and estrogen, no matter what sport you're playing, that goes into it, that you got to be happy, you got to celebrate, you got to, you know, get with your teammates, you'll be mad when you lose, you're super pumped when you win, when something good happens, you know? You can't bottle that inside, and that's what baseball has has done over the years. So you're, you're saying that the strict rules or culture of baseball is killing what baseball bottleneck is. them into these situations yes. that they just break? Bryce Harper's like... I want to button, unbutton my shirt. I'm going to, and just like runs that Bryce shit. Bryce Harper's the one saying, make baseball fun again. Well, let's just make it fun, period. Let's, who's, when was it fun? Conspiracy uh, theory. The MLB hired Strickland to take out Harper because no. they don't like him talking out against. No, Strickland is just upset for some reason. I don't know why he's upset because he got the last laugh back in the playoffs when, uh, when Bryce Harper hit monster home runs off of him. But they ended up winning the World Series anyway that year. But at the same time, this is my thing about hitting. Like, when you hit a player in baseball and you're a pitcher, it's not accidental. Sometimes it's not accidental. You know, especially with a history like they have, this man hit him on the hip. You're a baseball player you're, and you're a pitcher. You're, your job is prided on getting the ball in a certain spot every time, and that's why you're hired to do that job. So if you're telling me that you were trying to aim here, but you hit him way over here in this hip, it was an accident? I think Strickland okay. stared him down afterwards let him know. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't an accident. It was not. It's definitely. Their and history. Harper was like, "Oh, you jerk!" I and think he was like, "Harper messed up." All right, <laughs> when you run at somebody with something in your hand, you about to fight them. You use that as a strike. But you don't have a problem with them fighting like that? No, I don't have a problem with people fighting like that, especially baseball players. This is what you do next time. You take the helmet, you get close, you throw it up in the air to distract them, and then <clears throat> right there in his face. My Base- message: Baseball players need a lesson on fighting. Okay, well, I'm gonna go the opposite way. Okay. And my message to baseball players is going to be. Be an adult. So what if your feelings get hurt? Doesn't mean you need to get into a fist fight in front of millions of people you've never and been, thousands who you've pay You've never to see been you hit play. by a ball going 98 miles per hour. It's different. Right in your hip. It's very different. That's a story, I think, from your past for another podcast. <laughs> right now, I want to get into this. I know uh, we have some Canadian fans, and, and I mean, we, we have do. a lot of hockey fans do. in America, too. Fans. But the Stanley Cup was last night. Pittsburgh Penguins, Nashville Predators. Um, maybe not the two sexiest of teams. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are very well known. Sidney Crosby, of course, yeah, the Golden Boy definitely. of Canada. Nashville Predators, maybe a little bit on the lower end. But that game was crazy. Man. It was. Penguins go up in the first period by three goals. You think, well, I thought they were just going to run away with this, right? All of a sudden, they go, what was it, a record of 37 minutes without even a shot on goal, and the Predators come back and tie it up? I'm not going to lie to you. I was watching the game. They shot three goals. I turned it off. I'm like, okay, this is over. And then uh, they come back. But my thing is, everyone is like, oh, uh, were they lucky to win? No, they weren't lucky to win. 
Let's not act like uh, the Predators are a great team. Yes, they're in the finals. Yes, they knocked out the Blackhawks, who I thought would be in as well. But they were the second wild card team to get into the playoffs. They're not the greatest team for the Penguins to be facing right now. The Penguins, they have history. They have players who've been here before. They they have all that riding with them. So let's not act like the Predators are just are the Blackhawks. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they, they were down three, but, they came back. I mean, back. they're still a professional team that's made it to stand the Cup. Grant, to be able to come back. A thousand percent correct. But at the same time, they're <sighs> not the best team coming out from the West. They're le- legitimately <laughs> the worst team out of the teams in the playoffs. It was such an odd sensation watching that game because it was like, I have, I have never seen a team in Pittsburgh shoot and be so confident that it's going in every time. Like I almost yeah, thought it was. Yeah. I got to a point where it's automatic, and then I was doing some research afterwards that the Penguins' on-net shooting percentage was better than Andre Drummond's free throw percentage <laughs> last year in the NBA, which is thirty nine percent. That tells crazy. you two extremely different things at the same time. Who do you think is going to win the series? Pittsburgh by far. Yeah. I think Sidney Crosby is our generation's. Um, greatest hockey player yeah and pittsburgh will be back-to-back champions i took a poll on my snapchat actually two, of course three, you did two three days ago i had to uh, follow me on snap all right guys to, king adeyeye a-d-e-y-e-y-e not even and and no and to be honest from the uh i think it was about about 15 people who responded only about four went with the predators and i 100 agree i think like what you said the penguins they got players like Sidney crosby all right they are a better team they will win the series straight up. I hope so. Yeah, I think it's I think it's better for hockey if Pittsburgh wins. Honestly, the problem is with the Stanley Cup is that they're in the shadow of the NBA playoffs. I mean NBA finals, you know, and the playoffs. Like the playoffs legitimately run at the same time, so they're yeah. not they're not getting all the views that they want. You know what they need? Speaking of views, let's go Maple Leafs. Let's get the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Stanley yeah, Cup. Get out of here! I think my grandpa would have an aneurysm get from get excitement. Okay, here. anyways, we got time for one more headline. We do have time for one more. Odell Beckham Jr., Here we the go. most, uh, I guess you could say now, the most marketable NFL player. Yeah. Besides I mean, Tom Brady, maybe, who's on the GOAT no. edition of Madden, which, by the way, is so cool to be called the Tom GOAT edition. Brady. Uh. That's all I'm going to say. Uh. You already know uh. about Tom Don't look Brady. at the camera like that. Tom You're, you're going to scare people Brady. away. You're gonna, look what you're doing. To Tom the- Brady. Okay. Anyways, OBJ. Not going to OTAs. And the weird thing about this is he's not really giving us a reason why. People, I guess, suspect contract details. Um, as somebody who, uh, I guess, casually plays football every now and then, yeah. if you go to OTAs, I know they're obviously not mandatory. You have a player like Odell Beckham Jr., who's one of your best players. He doesn't show up to him. How? What is your reaction? Hey, I went to OTAs this morning, to be honest. I'm doing my part, Odell. You know but what? You honestly, can, you can get your job in politics later, but you're gonna I'm answer saying, my hey, question. Listen, I'm doing. I if someone do, like Odell Beckham, I don't see why Odell can't do it. No, but not. But honestly, the way I feel about it, this this is not that big of a deal. Players have been doing this for years. You know, even though they are mandatory, but I'm probably the most technical person you ever meet. Show me where you wrote mandatory at, because you say mandatory, but it's. OTAs, you're not really, you know, it's not really something that you have to do. Granted, at the same time, as long as you're doing what you have to do in terms of being an you're athlete. You're not answering my question. I said question? if you were an athlete on that team, would you have a problem with no, Odell Beckham? Not you wouldn't, why not? No, because because you don't have to be there. Yes, they're, they're quote-unquote mandatory, but they're not mandatory. And as long as you, I know who Odell Beckham is as a superstar athlete, all right, I know how he can play. As long as he's getting the training he needs to get, doesn't matter if it's with us or if it's with somebody else, like a Chris Carter. That's fine. 
even though I'll tell you one thing. So the story came out that he wasn't at OTAs, but he was hanging out with Johnny Manziel, right? And then the next day, he was working out with Chris Carter. I believe that was fake. I don't think that workout was actually set up with him and Chris Carter until after the news was out that he wasn't at OTAs. Because think about that. Oh, he's not at OTAs. He's hanging out with Johnny Manziel. Oh, snap. This looks bad. Let me test my buddy Chris Carter. Let's get a little workout in. Oh, hey, look. Let's get this guy to record the workout so everyone sees that I'm working out, even though I'm not at OTAs. Mm. That's a little fishing to me. Uh Nick Wright, who was also there, commented on the situation, said that Odell actually didn't want them to tape him. There. I heard him say it, okay. but Odell's okay. a smart guy. Odell Beckham, I think, I, I have a problem with not showing up. I think if you want to be a leader of the franchise, which I don't think he wants to be, obviously, you do that. Even if it's not mandatory, you set a good example. You lead by example. And I think that you, the thing about Odell Beckham that attracts people to him as well, is he, I would look at him as an, as an NFL player. A star NFL wide receiver with an NBA shooting guard's mentality. Yeah. You know? I mean, the Nike deal, for example, made him the most, the greatest endorsement contract for a NFL player in history. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be a marketing goldmine for Nike. I hope it doesn't go to his head. I mean, hey, listen, he, he has a contract of an NBA player, which is crazy, you know? Uh, I think it it's... He's already what a diva, so go to his head is is a little too late for that. He's a wide receiver. It's they're they're all divas. It happens like that. So we'll we, we will see what happens with Odell. He has a monster contract with Nike. That's great to have. He needs to change his his NFL contract to, to get right. Man, I'm Where do we see him five years from now? Uh five years from now. Greatest wide receiver to play the game. Ever? No. Right now. Like he's the greatest out of the bunch playing, I would say five years from now. Ever? Have you seen Randy Moss? Play go down if once Manning retires. Uh, it depends on who they get. That depends on who they get. He's, he's you can never answer a question straight you, line. I'm giving. I told you, hey, I'm into the politics. I'm not gonna give you that right there. So I'm gonna be around the bush. But seriously, I mean, do I know who they're gonna get after Eli? No, but he is a great player. So of course he's still gonna be great. That's what happens when you are great. Really. Okay. How much time do we have left till the thirty minutes are up? We have about. Negative 10 seconds. Really? Yeah. It's time to go, sadly. Okay, guys. Before we go, um, I want to thank all of you for joining us on Facebook Live. Yeah, I, thought, yeah. I hope you guys had a great time. The connection was a little bad this week. I was trying to fix that for next week. Um, all of you listening on the podcast, again, thanks for continuously supporting our Always. show. We continue to grow. And uh, I have to make an announcement. We have a real special treat for you on next week's show. Yeah, we do. We have a very special guest who will be joining us. I'm not going to tell you his name yet. A lot of you may know him. I'm going to give you a keyword, and you guys can try and guess who it is. The keyword is Schmodown. The keyword is Schmodown. I know who it is. I know who it is. I would hope so. Yeah. I already told you. Anyways, so make sure to come back for next week's episode of the, complete, uh, complete, ugh, the, the 30-minute week podcast. I am your host, Reed Horner. That's Manny Adeye, who just went out of the frame to get things wrapped up. Again, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you back next Tuesday with our uh, special guest, too.